Hello, Space Junkies, and welcome to What a Piece of Junk, episode number 107. I am your host, Scott Botman, and joining me for this special double shot episode coming to you from the 79S Club, or the 79S Club, depending on who you want to ask, it's my original co-host, Mr. Derek Marsh. Derek, how's it going? Going wonderful. We are recording on Super Bowl evening while the game is going on. Everyone else uh, is must be watching the game because the entire, entire, I'm talking the entire galaxy is empty right now. So if That's you right. need to do any shopping right now or you need to get somewhere real quick and you don't have to worry about traffic, traveling through, you know, light speed right now and worrying about uh, traffic jams, now's the time to get out there, guys. Absolutely. And uh, one of the people that has helped make sure the entire galaxy is empty because he is tapped into the neural network that controls them all is our very own Dave Phil Cloney, the gooey, chewy man of a thousand nicknames, Mr. Nathan Miracle. Nathan, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you. I, I hear there is a foosball game today, but that doesn't make any sense because the actual season ended in January because yes. college football. Yay. Sports Pro football. <laughs> but hey, you know, everybody can have their own opinion. I'll just watch the commercials later on YouTube. Because trim yes. it down for us. Yeah, that is that, the that's the part thing. I cared about most anyway. But speaking of having lots of balls, joining us is also Darth Handsome, Mr. Lee Fillings. This Lee, welcome aboard. You know, that's the second uh, multiple entendre inter uh, introduction I've got today. I did one earlier with uh, Kevin, and he's like, Lee, Mr. Big Unit himself. Like, <laughs> I mean, have your moms been telling stories to you? Like, what's going on here? Hey um, All right. I gotta say it's the greatest compliment you can get as a guy, right? So. I know. It's like, I'm feeling really good about myself today. Uh, I was going to say, gentlemen, now that the galaxy's empty, what say we go, I don't know, uh, rob the Imperial payroll. It's about totally. that time, I'd say. Yeah, totally the perfect plan. Well, wait, is the Hold is on. Imperial's going on at this time. I can't remember. I, I need to be on the other side because left handedness and all that. Oh, fair enough. Yes, you are very, you are very uh, sinister. All right, so we're gonna do this thing. <laughs> there you go. See, my guns need to point outwards. Yeah. My guns point wherever I point. It. There you go. <laughs> yeah, baby, good times. <laughs> All right, Derek, I'm gonna blow your mind. Adosh. Okay. Oh All boy, right. well, now, I always got to be on top of Nathan, there, right? No, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I think it's like it's gonna be like round robin. Whoever's in that, whoever's in that top square over there, is gonna have to run the ship. So well, I was gonna say I have the power now, right? So yeah, it's totally, you're you're in the hot seat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Except that I have and no we're here to talk about each other's junk, so. apparently, on what a piece of junk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, even the name of the show is a double entendre. All right, well, you, so, you guys... so Star Wars, it's a thing. Yeah, Star Wars. We should talk yeah. about it. Yeah, it is, and actually, we've got plenty to talk about this podcast because, my goodness, did the Bad Batch kick it off big time with this special two episode drop? This past Wednesday, we had the clone conspiracy, and then we had truth and consequences, distinctly different from truth or consequences. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really good, you guys, and uh, we don't want to keep people waiting because we've got a lot to discuss. So let's jump right into it. And uh, Derek, I'll start with you. We'll, we'll answer all the questions for both episodes here in the first, uh, the top three. So uh, Derek, what did you like most about these episodes? 
So um, this obviously felt uh, like that whole spy thriller political type deal where, I mean, the first, you know, the first out of the two episodes, phenomenal, right? To me, it was back to what I really enjoy with, you know, storytelling. It was really deep and rich. There was, there was a good, you know, it got really sucked in. I, I wasn't paying attention to my phone. I, I watched it all the yeah, way yeah, through, yeah. you know, good sign, good sign. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so overall, I mean, just this, that was my favorite part um, was, it was just great storytelling on this. Uh, and like I said, kind of get got back to the, like I said, after Andor, you know, just that whole side of things. And then really, again, what really brought me to enjoying the Clone Wars series was that it was the whole political side of things, right? So, I mean, we were we were joking back and forth in the, in the chat channel, right? We were talking about execute order pension plan, right? Yeah, and, yes. But I mean, it, it's bringing real life things to, to place, right? Like you would think, okay, Things that we talk about actually in today's world, whether you're talking about like unions or you're talking about rights of employees, you know, our military government uh, or not military, but the government and the military pension or, you know, having to deal with the VA and what we do with with our troops after we send mm -hmm. them off to war and, and the type of things that they have to deal with. I thought that was great because this was a legit thing that you'd have to think that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of clone troopers, you know, are going to be put out to pasture or off the of service. What's going to happen with them? Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, I think for me, my favorite thing about the first episode, uh, the clone conspiracy, was this is going to sound really, really funny, but it's true. Seeing the clones that had started facial hair, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, one of the ways that in the Clone Wars series that they always had to go through lots of hoops to find ways to differentiate the clones from each other tattoos, haircuts, scars. <laughs> they never did anything like mustaches or beards, right? And I was trying to figure out why. And then I thought to myself, well, now we see clones in this episode with facial hair because they're semi-retired and they don't have to meet all the dress code requirements for active duty, which if it's anything like real world military is often saying no facial hair. Being cut or, shaved, yep. Yeah, exactly. And so I loved seeing that as just another thing in the repertoire of artists to differentiate between the different clones is that. You know, oh, he's the guy with the goatee, or he's the guy with the handlebar, or so on and so forth, right? And uh, so that was really cool for um, the clone conspiracy. And then my favorite thing about truth and consequences was the Bad Batch did what they were programmed to do, and that is execute some awesome commando raid to try and save the day by getting that little piece of evidence to prove that Rampart was a liar, and so they thought, bust him and get a real victory for the clones. And it turned out that it almost seemed Palpatine, if if not planned it ahead of time, was nimble enough to dump <coughs> all the blame on Rampart and didn't help the clones. And so the Bad Batch learned the very hard lesson once again that violence is not the answer for the light side in Star Wars. When they went and they fought their brothers, they blew up stuff, they crashed the ship, all that stuff. You know, it was cool and it was amazing, but was very violent and it was the normal let's do it by attacking things do combat do war right palpatine profits when the dark side profits when you engage in violence and war so they thought they were doing the right thing but violence is not the answer guys i loved that that was just another theme uh, or you know the main theme of star wars war is bad um is was still on full display when when they thought they were saving the day uh nathan your your favorite things all right well i'm gonna kind of sort of take a pass on this question because there is a ton of stuff in these two episodes that relate to the rest of Star Wars, like 
all of it. So, so <laughs> your answer is I liked everything because everything is super connected. Uh, yeah, that that is one way to look at it. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going to say officially for my answer to this, my favorite thing was all the connections to the rest of Star Wars. But of course, that is one of our standard questions, and um, you're probably going to have to cut me off at some point talking about <laughs> that. Um, just a we do fair have work warning. tomorrow, Nathan. So that yeah, that yeah. is true. As much as we all want the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday to become a national holiday, it has not yet done or so. Or just move it to Saturday. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lee, what was your favorite things about these two episodes? Um, you know, I kind of see these as one episode. I know that they were released separately, but this, I mean, it's just a beautiful arc. Um, I really like that it is, in fact, finally a truly clone story. Uh, that when we have this uh, amazing uh, series, the, the Clone Wars, that really ended up being about Ahsoka and Anakin, uh, mm -hmm. which... I love the both characters immensely, but getting into the nitty gritty of this um, very unique class of people in the Republic that are property. Yeah. And the way that they're treated, the way that they're uh, weaponized from day one as weapons, and then um, they're being pushed aside uh, to get this Imperial bill. And then uh, they're being blamed for following the orders of the commanding officer uh, that they are this expendable. And when you look at the way that um, we have uh, treated soldiers uh, in general, and I'm including uh, Marines, airmen, and sailors as well, um, we have this thing as a society of saying, thank you for your service. And then we talk about uh, war crimes and we talk about um, a lot of different layers and nuance. Um, but then there's the big, broad, uh, statements that we have made and if we look at uh the way that returning vets were co uh, treated coming home from vietnam um it's yeah. a very easy way to say boom here's this uh baby killer and i don't ascribe to that but that was one of the the common things and now you have this um statement that can be made and it's like now it's that person's fault and now um we get to absolve ourselves of this even though this is the actions of our country or of our empire um, and I thought it was uh, brilliantly done, um, you know, and I was uh, thinking on this forever because like Nathan, it's like <clears throat> all the really cool connections is what I'm loving about this episode. Um, I will say in the uh, military, you are allowed to have a mustache. The reason why you don't see a lot of them is uh, the regulation is it can't go past the crease of your uh, mouth. And I grew one for about three days. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked like a, you guess what Portal word star. I was about to use. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that is somebody that someone would want to have sex with. <laughs> uh, oh. There is no way to have a regulation military mustache and not look like a POS. I mean, oh, it is yeah. just the worst possible thing. Um, and one of the jokes is uh, when you trade in your big green bag, they give you 40 pounds in a ponytail and they gave me a few extra pounds. But <laughs> <laughs> so say it could look like Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911, right? So, <laughs> yes, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> new boot goofing. Yeah, I said just need some uh, new uh, new boots to go with it. So good times. Good times. All right. Well, we'll move on to question number two. Uh, Nathan, are you going to want to answer this one or should I just skip you again? You should probably skip me. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go over to Derek. Derek, what did you dislike the most about these episodes? Okay. So two quick nitpicks before I get to my actual one. 
because um, I'll I'll take up for for Nathan there. So the first one is the nitpick is, and I, Nathan's gonna know this enough about it, but I feel like everyone that sees Captain Rex knows it's Captain Rex, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Bad Batch are trying to be discreet on their on episode the second part episode where they're where they're going on their mission, why is Captain Rex not wearing a helmet? Hmm. Because like you would think the most probably the most famous clone, <laughs> and and clones could pick each other out, right? You and me knowing from other than Nathan because he just worships clones, but everyone else probably wouldn't know the difference, right? Except for those yeah. that probably served with him, right? So that's right. fine, but. Again, there's clones on the ship. Like, come on, give Captain Rex at least wear a bandana or something, right? So, the other part is um, when uh, uh, Omega is walking around with Chuchi, Senator Chuchi, she just like walks plain right up to to at Rampart. Doesn't he? Like, he spent enough time on Camino, and Romega was spending plenty of time with the Kaminoans out there. Like she wasn't keeping her just a secret. I I feel like he would have remembered who this was. I think that the we we as viewers were supposed to notice that, and it emphasizes how much of a viewpoint that the clones are all property that that uh, uh, Rampart has, and like he he considered her so unimportant that no, he doesn't remember what she looked like. But she's like the only female clone, though. Like, that's a little bit different in my book. That's like... Well, okay. On the one hand, I do think Rampart himself is so deluded that he would just not have noticed her. That's possible. On the other hand, Derek does have a point. They essentially put Omega on the Star Wars equivalent of C-SPAN. Right. And let that broadcast to whomever the Senate proceedings broadcast to. So... Although, They're not secret to anybody who wants to know. <laughs> Although I will point out that Omega never flew out into the center in a pod. She was hanging in the little hallway the whole time. That that's true. She was but I, I you have to expect the camera's gonna <clears throat> still catch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so but anyway, so here's my big gripe, okay? So all the way five, six of this two episode parter, I was loving it, everything else. Okay. But as they're going through it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Bad Batch can't actually succeed in this mission, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, if this happens, right, then okay, like it just goes to show you everything the empire has done, right? All the bad mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, like this can't actually, you know, mission should succeed at some point. Like something should get foiled, right? Like Senator Chuchi will get the information, and you know, and then once she's proceeding up there, she gets shot and like the disc gets blown up or something, right? And she dies. Like okay, great, you know, that's what I'm expecting. Something good, uh, or you know, juicy, you know, material to happen. It's something traumatic, but it ends up being that they show it, right? And then Palpatine comes up and he does this and they just, and I didn't like the way they executed that because to me, all it was is, you know, like we talked about, you know, the, the consequences and the, or the truth and the consequences portion. I just didn't do it because at the end, like hunters at there are like Palp's just one step ahead of us. And it's just like, okay. So every time they don't have something to fulfill, they're just going to say, Oh, he's one step ahead of us, like on everything. And it's like, this is getting dumb when it comes to, he's just this great person. And he's 20 steps ahead of everything. I would have preferred that if they had gone that way. And because I mean, let's be honest, if, if Rampart did that and then they're saying, Oh, the clones are bad and all that stuff. 
yeah, but but Rampart still works for the Empire, right? Like, I, there's no way that that Senate, other than those two people that were paid off, um, there's no way the Senate would have allowed Palpatine to get away with that. Like, in today's world, we know everything, right? If anything happens at the low level, we want to take the highest person's head off. And there's no way that they would have been okay with that. So to me, I think it would have been better had they executed that to where they were at. And, and Palp would have been like, okay, arrest Rampart. And obviously this shows that there's a lack of control inside the Empire. I'm going to push forward the ISB. And that's how the ISB comes to fruition. That to me would have been a lot better. I just didn't like the way they did that last part of the episode. It to me, it's just like, okay, every time, you know, something's going to happen, it's just Palp's smarter than everyone else. And it, it just, it gets annoying because that's their, you know, everything they say. So it's like, really, at the end of the day, how did Palp not, do, I mean, you know, overconfidence, blah, blah, blah. But he would have had 20 gazillion exit strategy plans that would have never gotten thrown down. He would have had it, you know, Vader, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it just means like, okay. All right, whatever. Pal, pal, no, are you saying? Again. Are you saying that after Return of the Jedi, he would have had some backup plan to come back to life? Well, I'm just saying he would have never gotten thrown down the shaft. Is all I'm saying. I, I will slightly torpedo your whole. We want to take take out the t the head of the snake here in the real world, and that would never happen. Um, are you old enough to remember who Oliver North is? Oh yeah, mm. I remember Oliver. Well, I don't remember Oliver North, but I know who he was. <laughs> So, uh, in the so Iran Derek's not old enough to remember him either. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> Iran-Contra affair here in the United States, a similar thing occurred, but Ronald Reagan did not get in trouble, even though Oliver North, as a member of the military, worked for the president because he's the commander-in-chief, right? And so he sold weapons to... I won't relitigate the yeah, Iran. No, I get affair. that, but that's also but he took, that's he also fifty years ago, though. That's all I'm saying. Not, like today's not world, not, is not, no, not quite, no, on, bro. It's not quite fifty years ago. <laughs> oh, Just because I'm we're sorry. not old enough to remember it doesn't mean it yeah, didn't it's, happen. It's almost forty it, years ago, so it's in not, our lifetimes, actually. Yes, yes. Just, Anywho, my point was Oliver North took the fall, and the rest of the people who obviously ordered Oliver North to do those things did not get in trouble legally. Uh, so you know, kind of like Scooter happen. Libby. When you yes, you could have a whole. We could have a whole different podcast. Anyway, it can happen here in the real world. You have the fall guy, you, the guy who takes the fall for the rest of the crew, and Brampart is that dude. Which you know, hey, his his come up and got him because he's been treating people like crap for a long time. Um, and I think yeah. it helped. I, I but anyway, just well, go ahead, Nathan. Sorry, I, I think it helped in blaming him that it was a very swift and public you are the person at fault yeah. um basically he, palpatine got to sweep it under the rug immediately by saying oh my gosh we just we just caught this guy and he's getting just absolutely you know stripped of his rank and and all of this um i do think that the clones probably that bad batch probably got the best case scenario to be honest I think Palpatine was going to get that bill through one way or the other, and he probably would have preferred to do it without the destruction of Kamido coming to light. Um, but that this was his fallback plan of, you know, if this does come to light, Rampart's the one where, you know, well, yeah, having yeah. his head roll. We got that foreshadowing the whole episode, right? With yeah, you know, yeah. Roy and all that stuff. So yeah, like Masamita, I said, it just Masamita was constantly coming to Rampart and being all like, you are in deep doo-doo if you don't pull this off. Yeah. I just again just hoodoo in yes, Star Wars. Oddly enough, that translates to fodder. Yeah. 
but but when Sabalba says it, it's an ex- expletive. So, <laughs> poodoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you, you know, say because he's got an accent that it's <laughs> sometimes fodder is full of poodoo. So <laughs> all right, Anyways. let's we'll, we'll head on. Aunt Lee, what did you dislike the most about these episodes? Um, and maybe it'll happen later, but they've not really given a good reason why they're getting rid of the clone army. Uh, it's a elite fighting force. They are um, chemically trained from birth. Like if you watch the Attack of the Clones, you see like the the baby clones in the little growing mm-hmm. chambers practicing karate. You know, like uh, they're obviously able to be programmed to be loyal. There is no connection to um, humans. Uh, so there will be no um, grieving moms and whatnot uh, that take up a new cycle uh, that make you recognize the quote unquote human cost of a war. Um, they haven't really said why there's a good reason to have a conscript army. Um, and, it's kind of smoke and mirrors, which is Palpatine's uh, best thing. But like, there's no really good reason why it's happening uh, that they've so you, set up. You don't feel like the, the the clones age too fast is a good enough reason. When you can keep on building them, I mean, until Rampart blew up uh, Camino or Topaka City, like they had uh, everything there. They had the infrastructure to keep on building them. They'd already built up the training programs, like the the cost of building a completely new program is huge versus like they've already spent the money and they can just basically plug and play now. Uh, so once we have a good reason why they change things, I'll, I'll, I'll eat my words, but well, I don't have a good so explanation you mean yet. The, the whole idea of a clone army, not this particular clone army. No, the entire clone army. Like why is, why are they getting rid of it? Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, execute order 66 and the idea that these clones are almost like AI, where they're starting to get their own identity at this point. I think that's what Palp doesn't like. I have yeah, a whole other reason that I'll discuss in the next question. Okay. All right. Uh, Lee, <laughs> so did, you want to, did you want to offer any sort of uh, other uh, nitpick about the second part? Um. You know what? This was a pretty solid episode. I don't have anything uh, in particular. Uh, it was pretty well done. Okay, great. Uh, for me, the thing that I dislike most about these episodes uh, from uh, Clone Conspiracy, it was way too dark once again. Especially the scenes where the clone assassin is chasing Senator Uchi and her bodyguards through the underbelly of uh, Coruscant. I get it. It's, you know, back alleys and it's Sin City in space. Sure, no problem. But I can't see what's happening. And then when Rex is, like, making his grand uh, entrance and he pulls back the hood until the light glinted off of his, you know, bald spot over there, I was like, I I guess that's Rex. Is it a clone? I can't see what's happening. I'm old. Come on, Dave. Give me some light. I was going to say, Scott, you may need to turn the lighting up on your actual TV, though, because I I didn't have any problem this last one. I've I've had a couple before we've talked about, but this one, these two weren't that bad. So, so, so the second one, uh, truth and consequences, lighting was fine. It didn't bother me as much, but I felt like it was just brighter environments when they were, you know, raiding the Venator class uh, cruiser and all that stuff. I just felt like even in in their little hurry, it's going to be dawn soon moments. You know, um, they had enough light for me to see what was going on. Of course, there's all the display panels and the flashing lights and the corridors and everything. Um, but yeah, I, you know, some people have said that this is actually related to internet speed. And I'm out in the country now, 
And so the stream gets compressed, which sometimes causes the shades of gray or shades of black to get crushed. You may have heard this expression, you know, the blacks are all getting crushed. And sometimes when you're looking at a stream, a video stream, the colors don't render correctly because you don't have enough data. And maybe that's what's happening here. So I'm going to um, build you know, a giant satellite then. Right. <laughs> I'm going to float up a uh, weather balloon. That's a satellite repeater. Wait, no, that's probably. Just don't pick a white We'll get that balloon. shot down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And don't uh, anyway. fly a uh, uh, Red Bull can around Montana, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my complaint about uh, truth and consequences, the part I disliked the most, uh, narratively, I understand the need. And in fact, I even predicted it. But I'm sad, and I don't like it that Echo left. I like Echo, and I'm mad that he left. That's my least favorite part of that episode. I, I get why it had to happen, and it was done well, because obviously we saw the foreshadowing. Um, when we were talking about all the clones are going to find some place to go make their home, I didn't know it was going to be you know within two weeks of us having that discussion. But here we are. Uh, so, Echo, I hope you come back soon. I want to um, see how Wrecker gets with Rex. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we'll, I think we're all going to see everybody's everybody's going to go. We're yeah, gonna season see two might be the final season. The way things it, are going, it, it might be. It might be. Can I just say I that uh, Echo or that uh, Echo and Tech are fundamentally the same type of character? Like everybody mm -hmm. else is slightly different. Like the the one thing that uh, Echo brings to the table that uh, Tech doesn't is uh, he's got the data port. Uh, you know. Whatever he has you want to call that actual scompling thing. Although I will say, I feel that uh, Echo's character differentiates from Tech in that Tech seems yes, he's a genius, but he but he's like the book book smarts genius, yeah. and he's filled with the classic naivete that comes from being that kind of genius. Echo, being a POW and a an handicapped man, mm -hmm. has a very different veteran perspective. Realistic. Oh yeah. yeah, but like in terms of what they bring to the team. Like, and I'm looking at this from a squad standpoint. Like, <laughs> you don't have two radio operators. <laughs> yeah. True. Get rid. Well, yeah. If they're not both clerics, you get rid of them, right? If they're not both healers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. The Echo really wasn't doing anything that couldn't have been done by an R unit droid. Yeah. Well, other than fighting well. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Some of those R two units are pretty. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I rewatched some of Visions uh, the other day because we were talking about it. Right, Vision season two is coming out, so I watched my, you know, five favorite out of the nine episodes, and the first one's the duel. And I mean, that R two unit that that you know Ronan had had whistling, uh, you know, uh, had the whistling birds. Yeah, yeah, whistling mm -hmm. birds on it. Right, so like, hey, if you quip it, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Chopper has like one of the highest body counts in uh, Star Wars. He does. He's like right up there with Grand Moff Tarkin and Luke Skywalker. And R2D2. Yeah, R2 D2. Yeah, R2 is part of that with Luke. So, no, he was actually uh, not functioning when uh, Luke took the shot. I thought he was functioning. He just couldn't do the, uh, couldn't bring up the computer anymore. Like he was still there. Well, he or was, was, he he out? was present, well, but like uh, Vader shot him and. Because uh, remember that uh, yeah, I know he got he gets, his gears and stuff. Yeah. Like he was he was out of commission. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I he would have. I guess that's I guess yeah. that's his way in court. He can get out of right. I was yeah. unconscious. Yeah, when... <laughs> I, I, I was just a passenger in the car, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I was passed out in the back seat. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Let's enough teasing. We're uh, Nathan. I'm going to pull you up here, main screen, and we're going to go to question three. What all right, guys. I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. We'll just all sign off down. We're going to take over the podcast. What connections did you draw to the rest of the Star Wars galaxy? Actually, you know what? Oh. Maybe you should let us three go first. Yeah, they, there were no connections. This bottle episode didn't yeah, really he get can anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm going to start with a simple connection, uh, and that is 79's The Bar. Uh, we have seen that before. Uh, a lot of people may remember it from an episode of The Clone Wars, um, which has a lot of connections to this pair of episodes. Um, this is the same bar that Fives goes to to contact Rex uh, when he learns about the clone chips. Um, but there's another connection with 79s. The bar's logo was also used on Hype Phazon's racer in the what? resistance. Wow. <laughs> so uh, they are a sponsor for Hype Phazon. That's great. Yeah, it is teeny tiny. It is on the nose of his green uh, racer spaceship. Um, but it is definitely there and is definitely the same logo. Uh, so that's the fun little connection. The big connections, though. I mean, we've got the Senate. We're seeing it in sort of a middle ground here. Um, it's not quite where it was in Andor with uh, people just not showing up and just yelling, long live the Empire and junk like that. Um, so we're not at dissolve the council permanently thing. Um, but at the same time, it's much more, yeah, we're just going to do whatever Palpatine says than it was even in Return of the Sith, or excuse me, Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Um, so we're seeing that in a kind of middle transition period here. Um, we also have a ton of connections to uh, to the episodes with fives and getting uh, figuring out the clone chips. And I think this is the real reason Palpatine wants to get rid of the clones. Had fives never figured out the whole chip thing, it wouldn't matter. But he knows that somebody figured it out he know that fives had the chance to tell somebody. And at this point, he probably knows that Rex has had his ship removed and is actively working to get clones to defect. So I think that's what's causing him to say, we need to ixnay the clones. Uh, I don't think he would necessarily be opposed to the idea of another clone army if he could get it through, but he, he's got to scrap this one. And he doesn't really have a way to scrap this one without you know, saying, hey, we need to not have clones. Um, so I think that's a huge connection. Like the reason we have stormtroopers in the original trilogy and not clone troopers is because of this episode. Um, and this episode happens because of that arc in the Clone Wars. Um, so that ties the whole thing together all the way up to the Phantom Menace, where they have a discussion about abducting children and brainwashing them versus growing your own clones, and which would be better. Uh, and why the First Order doesn't do clones, because you know they'd have all the same advantages for the First Order as they would for the Empire, but the Empire had to get rid of them because Fives found out about the chips. <sighs> I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Uh, I'll say my my um favorite or or the the big connection 
that that I noticed was um, an issue tib senator. Uh, I think that mm -hmm. was cool because it's been a little while since we had seen that particular alien race. Uh, so I thought it was cool that uh, there was an issue tib in the Senate and he wrote out on the pod and he was very much in Palpatine's pocket. Um, and I also thought it was cool that he mentioned a senator from the Banking Alliance. And mm -hmm. that person appeared to be in Palpatine's pocket as well. Although, if I were part of the Banking Alliance and I had been working with the Separatists this soon after the the Clone Wars, I would probably be doing whatever Palpatine told me as well to avoid, you know, getting executed. Yeah, the the Banking Clan. Um, so this is another connection. I'm I'm going to wait and catch some if y'all don't pick them yeah, up. Yeah. But um, yes, the Banking Clan technically maintained neutrality throughout the Clone Wars. Yeah, but everybody it knows. Was, it was very technical, um, but this episode proves that they were able to use that technicality to um, fold themselves back into the Empire. Yeah. Although Palpatine's ire toward the Banking Clan may be exemplified in the way that there isn't really a central galactic bank, as we found out in Andor. Um, okay, uh, Derek, uh, what connections did you draw? Senator Chuchi. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't realize how many episodes she was in the Clone Wars. Tons. Yeah. But, I but, I don't... but usually not as a main character. That's well, the thing. Well, yeah, like that's it. She just she's like there and that's it. Like she doesn't have any of a speaking line, apparently. So <laughs> she's like in 12 episodes. I was sitting yeah. there looking through, I was like, okay, I know Senator Chuchi, because I'm like, I just felt like we just seen this with Ahsoka, and I was like, okay, okay. So I'm going through and I'm like Holy moly! I, I don't even remember her being that you know in that many episodes, but apparently she's at least somewhere cited in them. So, anyways, well, she so. had the the arc where she really learned yeah. to be a leader for her people. Correct. So that that's four of the the episodes right there. Yeah. Uh, but after that arc, pretty much any time they had a Senate scene, um, they made sure that. Oh, yeah, and by was. the way, <laughs> yeah. she's still here. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and again, so it goes back to my thing, though. I, I wish she would have. I, I appreciate what she's doing for the clones, but at the same time, if she just would have gotten shot, oh, it would have been so much better in, in writing. <laughs> it was so close. I mean, several times. Yeah. She would have been assassinated, too. Oh, that would have been such great stuff. So, anyways. All right. Uh, Lee, what connections did you see to the rest of the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, well, with the, the Choo Choo thing kind of falling back on the, this is the. Um, in keeping with her character, we were introduced to her uh, when she's introduced to the Talls. Um, and mm -hmm. she actually takes the um, the initiative to uh, speak out for this species that is not considered um, sentient or human uh, by mm -hmm. her uh, counterparts. And she champions them. So this is very much in keeping with her character. Um, and just a little bit of voice acting that uh, the uh, actor did to, you know, portray that difference in age and obviously you know it's been you know over a decade since she played that character um brings that out um i was also going to say obi-wan uh we have that scene in uh, episode two i believe where uh they run across the um the homeless vet and mm, this kind of sets up where that's coming from um you know you kind of wonder why and obviously that uh puts us in um you know later with rebels and uh, a few other places where uh, we see these clones uh, trying to make sense in the universe. And I think that's, uh, you know, building on that Clone Wars. And even, you know, if you look at the uh, the uh, 
episode arc with uh, the Mandalorians in the Mandalorian, you know, the, the hatred that um, they have when they hear Rex's voice or when they hear, uh, you know, Boba's voice and recognize that timbre. Uh, we've really got this start to something kind of painful. Um, that said, there's a, a out of universe arc uh, or like former arc uh, when they're at the bar. This is very similar to the bar that the clones hung out in in the, the Karen Travis novels, uh, the Clone Commando series, which are amazing. And as much as I love Clone Wars, I'm still bummed that it rewrote a whole lot of this amazing stuff. But right. I, I don't get paid the money. Um, and I did have uh, one um, connection that we missed back when Andor was going on. Uh, and I brought a prop today. Uh, now, during the prisoner uh, arc, nobody ever mentioned it. And I meant to bring this um, when you brought me in for the last thing. But during the prison arc, we had a mini rig. The table that they're working at. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was uh, the little maintenance table that uh, came out with the mini rigs uh, way, yeah. way back when. And uh, I this was sitting on my desk and I'm like, Oh, I remember why that's sitting there. Uh, I actually went and found it uh, back then. Uh, but just kind of a cool little thing. I got that for Christmas when I was a kid. I uh, still have it. Cause I'm that dork. Um, <laughs> but also it does remind me of a mistake that was made on uh, when you did episode seven of the Mandalorian. Somebody said that uh, it was the live action premiere of the e-web cannon. And I wanted to be like, no, no, no. It was actually in uh, empire strikes back, but uh Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in the in the hangar where the Millennium Falcon is. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, an important correction to be made three years later. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah. You right, go cool. internet. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we'll move on to question number four. And uh, Nathan, this was your question, so I'll let you take it away. Yes. So the big question that I have here, and uh, there's a few more connections, but we'll talk about these with this question because they relate to this character, yep. the clone assassin. Who is he? What's his deal? Derek, you and I were talking a little bit before this episode and I want to hear your thoughts first. Why is the clone assassin? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> uh, but nobody so ever asks how is the clone assassin? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead now, Jim. So. <laughs> yeah, at, <laughs> at peace, sort of. Uh, he's elected in pieces. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I, but as we were saying, right? To me, it was a nonchalant character. Now, obviously, it was interesting because at first, you all think it's going to be crosshairs. Yeah, but I knew so. it wasn't crosshair because he wouldn't have missed those. Those. That well, well, let's be fair. Crosshairs has missed plenty of times. He misses plenty of times, so especially when it's story driven. So, well, yes, <laughs> he, he has plot aim. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I agree with you though. That was there, but then it was kind of like the way he was standing. You obviously had the clone body, right? So I was sitting there like, okay, is is that crosshairs? He's gonna do it, but I'm just sitting there like, I don't know, because you feel like the way the the relationship between crosshairs and rampart was that crosshairs was going to be his bidding but now crosshairs is free because rampart's gone um but anyways yeah i i you know it was interesting i don't think he's much um because it would have been interesting to me had rex known who he was when he took off the mask and that would have been like you know but he didn't 
flinch or gave away that like, oh, I know this guy. Like, so I feel like this was some guy that maybe at first, maybe I thought they were going to go dark trooper version one, but it didn't end up being that either. Right. Because then he just kills himself with his electric tablet, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. Might I just add with regard, I'll, I'll jump in and go next if you don't mind, Nathan. Um, I think so. I, I just want to say that the whole this operative committed suicide was pretty dark for something that some of us have been calling a kids show. Dang, um, these two episodes were dark, not just the way that I complained about earlier, but you know, dark in tone as well. Uh, so I think the clone assassin um, is another clone trooper, obviously, but I think he's a clone trooper that was in the Clone Wars. I don't think he's like a, a newer creation, and I think they just spent a lot more time monkeying around with more programming through his chip. And so he's been even more brainwashed, if you will, which is why he referred to himself as a believer, because obviously somebody's been messing with him in a biological way because they've removed his identification markers. And as tech said, I didn't even know that was possible. So yeah, um, that's my he's theory. A clone of a clone. Well, now, now he's a clone of a clone, but he's a clone that they then p- pulled him back into some lab and did even more modifications on him to make him the perfect killing machine, the universal soldier. So his name's John Claude Van Damme. No, it's Dolph Lundgren because he was the bad guy in Universal Soldier. John Claude was the I'm snapping out of it, good guy. Anyway. All right, that's my that's my thought, Nathan. We we just need some number to go with that because he wouldn't uh, have a name. Uh, Lee, right. do you have any thoughts? Yes. Um, my first thought is it's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it's a Hugh they, they Jackman. Had, they, yeah. Well, in <laughs> Logan, they had that special Logan clone that came in to kill Professor X. Um, oh. But I have a theory that's probably not true, but would be epic if it was. Okay. Cody. Oh, they my reprogrammed gosh. Cody. It, that would be the like just imagine you don't you're Rex, you don't know that it's Cody, and you watch him kill himself, you fight him, you do this, and it's like other than you know, Anakin and you know, a couple of the other guys, like that's his closest friend. And this happens, and he didn't even know. And like just imagine like the emotional turmoil, you know. I mean, that's what probably has uh him retiring to the desert to uh, hunt, you know, whatever the sand dragon was and, you know, living in an RV outfitted with a giant cannon, you know, living I mean, in a van down by the river. Exactly. <laughs> but like, uh, if it was Cody, because we don't know what happened to him at the end of that episode. He didn't uh, die. Cause we didn't hear him go. Ah, so he's yeah. still alive. But, and that's what I'm saying. Like if that's the setup and payoff, that oh, could be one of the most tragic bits of writing that Star Wars ever did, because I you've hope- got a horrible end to an amazing character uh, that they didn't pull any punches with. I hope you're wrong, Lee, but at the same time, you're right. That would be unbelievable writing. That would be that would be the tragedy of all tragedies as far as the Clone Saga is concerned. Especially compared to the ones you guys reviewed last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Nathan, uh, it's your question. What's <laughs> what's the deal? All right. Well, I'm going to throw out two different theories here. Uh, One, I will freely admit uh, I saw on Screen Crush. um, So credit to them for this theory, but it does tie back into 
another episode or arc of the Clone Wars, and that is this clone may be Slick. Uh, Slick was a clone who was paid off by Asajj Ventress to kind of betray the Republic. Um, and one of the key things about Slick is that he had the very standard haircut. Um, he didn't do anything to differentiate himself. He had no scars, no identifying marks on him. Um, so, and obviously was kind of morally dubious in the first place. Um, mm. So the thinking is that it could be him. Uh, we never found out what happened with him other than he was taken alive and um, presumably went to be sentenced and whatnot. But you know, we don't know the results of that. Maybe the results of that were, hey, we <laughs> wiped your number and made you an assassin. Um, so that's a possibility, but I don't think that's the case. And part of the reason I don't think that's the case is the manner in which he died. He bit down on some sort of electro tablet and shocked himself. And we have seen that before. We saw it in the Mandalorian, the Imperial captain and his uh, bridge crew, you know, instead of being taken by uh, Bo-Katan, um, did that and killed themselves. Same exact way, bit down on the thing, electrocuted oh, yeah. their faces. Yeah. So I think the real reason that this clone didn't have a number is not that it had been wiped. Because I think tech knows enough to, you know, if there was a way to wipe them, he would have known how to do it. And he didn't. I think he'd never had a number in the first place. I think he was not a clone trooper. I think he was a clone, but I think the emperor got a few of his own clones, maybe even from Mount Tantus, um, maybe not even Camino clones, but that this is kind of the start of the first order and that faction of Imperials is kind of working towards that. Um, so this he's starting his backup plan already. Lee, I see you got a I love that idea. That's amazing. I love how we're giving some background to the First Order with it. Um, and I like the idea that he's off and off the books clone, like DiCaprio in The Departed. They pulled him before he could graduate from uh, uh, cop school, whatever it is, the police academy. Uh, that's... I like that. I like that a lot. That makes me happy. Yeah. Now that said, I had not thought of the Commander Cody thing, and he does have that haircut, so mm -hmm. I really like that idea too. I think I'd yeah. be happy either way. Okay. Well, whatever it turns out, whatever we find out, you guys can be assured that we will discuss it uh, to death. Because oh my gosh, that was huge. All right. And question number five, uh, Derek, take it away with question number five. So since um, Admiral Rampart is no longer in the picture, who's going to be the big bad baddie for our, you know, who's going to be the protagonist for our guys? The the antagonist for the rest of the season. Oh, sorry, I antagonist, think, yeah. Yes, I think that um, it's actually going to be Palpatine. I think we're going to see more of the Emperor be involved in the ending of season two as we continue on down the line. Either that or they will somehow introduce a crime boss or somebody like that for the bad batch to oppose but i mean it's like this was a, such a high note for the series i don't know how you come back down to villain of the week from poopa team but maybe maybe <laughs> they do um uh lee what do you think 
Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed just because I want to see it happen. Um, Admiral Yularen. Um, he was an amazing character, uh, you know, as a non-clone, non-Jedi, uh, but still member of the military in uh, the Clone Wars. We know that he makes it all the way to the Death Star. Um, you know, he had his uh, moments in Andor. I want him to be this character that we've known, and I want to see his fall to um, the dark side just as a person, not as, you know, like he's being manipulated. You know, I want to see him do his job well and end up being the bad guy. I want him to have the some sort of revelation, or I want him to just be like, at a certain point, he's like, I can't go back. And this is just who he is now. Um, because we never really had a moral character for him. You know, he's a guy doing his job. He's uh, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. He's doing things right. But, like, I want to see that switch. So that's that's my hope. Okay. All right. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? The big bad, the antagonist for the rest of the season. Well, uh, I just recently came to this conclusion. You, Lauren, would make a great villain. <laughs> <laughs> He would, um, because you know, I feel like Yularen feels like he never changed, um, that he never moved, that you know, the, the Republic became the Empire and his service just continued. Um, so he probably wouldn't even tell you that he's the bad. He he wouldn't believe that he's the bad guy, um, which I think could make for a very interesting bad guy. Um, but aside from that, what I would love to see is for me to be right about the clone trooper or the clone, not trooper, the clone assassin. Uh -huh. And for the remainder of the season to be about figuring out that mystery. Mount yeah. Yeah. What, what's going on there? I would not be surprised if the season ended at Mount Tantus, even if it is go back to, uh, you know, villain of the week or story of the week until mm -hmm. we get to the end. And then it's, you know, circle back around to this. Right, right. Okay, well, Derek, it was your question. What, uh, did you have an idea about antagonist for the rest of the season? Well, obviously, if it's Wolf, you're Lauren, that's great, because then that goes back to my original gripe about this two-part episode was that it should have introduced the ISB. Yeah. Because that right. would have been, that would have been great connection right there, right? So if that would have been like, hey, Rampart, our internal things, we need to incorporate the ISB. Oh, here's Wolf Yularen to talk to us about how great the ISB is, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but actually I think it's Tarkin. I think, I think he'll, I think he'll oh. start talking. Um, so I think he'll come to fruition because I think um, we, to your exact points, Lee, we don't know that about Tarkin. Mm -hmm. yeah, because, yeah because tarkin hasn't hasn't gone down that road yet like he's always been you know the the well received and liked you know admiral at the time in in the clone war was he an admiral or general he was an admiral at the time right it was admiral tarkin. yeah he was i believe he was actually a commander the first time we saw him and then moved up to admiral no as i say he was admiral by the end of the clone wars i'm pretty sure but he was kind of a knob all the way through he wasn't I wouldn't say that he's a good character or like a good guy. Like we can say Yularen was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Yularen, Yularen and Tarkin would both tell you that they haven't changed. And in a way they haven't, but Yularen has always been the guy doing his job. Right. And Tarkin has always been, 
the guy who wasn't doing his job right. Who, who was he? He was well, always evil. Yeah, yeah, Tarkin is the guy who uh, is just looking out for himself, mm. and, and always has been. Um, so I think that's what would make them interesting, contrasting. And if we did get them both, that would be really neat to see both of them thinking they're not changing, but both of them transitioning from the Republic to the Empire and fitting into the new system. Or maybe we'll get Thrawn. I don't think so. I'm just throwing it out there. If if we get Thrawn, I will not eat my Dave Filoni hat, but... um, (laughs) I will eat a cake in the shape of a hat. You know what? That would actually be a good... Thrawn would be good. I mean, especially if we're setting up the Ahsoka series, and that's going to be obviously a big part. From a storytelling standpoint, it would make sense. If we did get him, though, I think it would be more of a okay, we finished the big arc, we've had the climactic battle, and then he shows up at the end almost as a post-credit thing. What if it was Captain Pelion? Okay, that I would like more. That yeah, would be cool. I always liked his <laughs> I'm, character. Very I'm good cool. with any of them, right? <laughs> I just think at this point we need some of them, right? Some of these guys that we we know that appear in The New Hope and through this other stuff, and we just need them to show up. So, I mean, I'd be fine if it was even Krennic. You know, I mean, somewhere a young Krennic and we need to get him to that, you know, because, I mean, you know, that would be great. Right. And somehow we yep. get that linkage to um, Rogue One with um, yeah. Urso. Right. And and his, you know, starting to go with these scientists and the clone troopers are like, what are they doing? Because to your guys's point earlier with Pal working on Mount Tantus and his backup to his backup to his backup plan. But we still need to see, you know, all the stuff that he's been gradually working pre Andor at this point and pre rebels with the death star. Right. So that has to start coming to fruition. So, and the bad batch haven't linked that yet. So, and they always like doing that somewhere in our series, they have to link it back to the death star at some point. So, you know, so that that's what I'm guessing. We'll probably get towards the end of the season. um, The link to the death star. Well, I mean, and it makes sense because the death star is almost like the seminal moment in the star Wars timeline. You know, Luke destroying it. Of course, we all think of that as well, oh, it's Luke making his appearance. Let's start yes, the whole new era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this, true, this is why we use, you know, A B Y and B B Y as the <laughs> the dates. It's Battle of Yavin. Yeah, I mean that's why the Tarkin novel is called Catalyst, right? I mean it, it's a big thing. Also Tarkin. Or, yeah, sorry, not the Tarkin novel. My bad. The Galen Urso novel is called Catalyst. Yeah, yeah my bad. What if okay. we got Galen Urso in? Now that that's was it. Cool. Yeah, a whole bunch. Because right? then we could see yeah. him as an imperial true believer, because he obviously was good enough to be a high-ranking officer. What if we see his turn, and we see him leave Coruscant? Do you yeah. think? Do you oh, think they bring Tony the... Gilroy in? God, I hope so. That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then the Bad Batch is the ones who get him to his farm. They're his escort. They're yeah, his, they're his breakout crew. That'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. that'd be Hunter and Wrecker's final thing before Wrecker moves on to Rex and the others perish. <laughs> all right. Well, so here's the secret. None of the second half of the season has been written yet. I'm transmitting all of this information to Dave Filoni as we speak. Uh, <laughs> they got they got like 
three days to get this or two days to get this to market. That's right. Hey. Fine. So the rendering software on Ed Skywalker Ranch is just top notch. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like everyone future. on the internet, we should be furious if uh, they don't write the story we had in our head. Exactly. Exactly. That's what makes Star Wars fans Star Wars fans. Right. It really is. <laughs> Stop writing your story. I want my story. I demand it. I paid, I paid $15 for this ticket instead of $38 million for a movie or whatever it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, speaking of passionate fans, we know that people listening to this show are passionate fans of lots of different properties. So we're going to take a quick break for y'all to listen to a promo about the other podcasts you can hear regarding your favorite fandoms right here on the Fandom Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show. Our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right, great. Thanks, Kevin. Well, uh, there's no shortage of Star Wars news this week. Uh, so first up, we're going to take a look at a, a product placement, if you will, or at least a product announcement. We've got some cool Lego sets from Star Wars Lego that have been announced this week. Uh, and these are more definitely the display piece kind of Lego set. Uh, as uh, Derek, they are some Star Wars Lego helmets. Uh, and I know you were looking at these earlier. It's Captain Rex's helmet and then Clone Commander Cody's helmet. Um, and so Nathan is drooling onto his microphone, but uh, I, I guess we'll let him discuss uh, what he thinks about these two Lego helmet sets and how many copies of them he's going to buy. <laughs> so um, this was actually announced back on January 26th. So we're a little bit late on this, but you know, I don't usually follow all the Lego announcements. Uh, because, well, there's a lot of them and a lot of them are really expensive. 
Very nice Boba Fett helmet there, and yeah, Darth yeah. Vader Derek, helmet. Derek's got his still in box uh, Darth Vader and. Boba I'm working Fett on it. I'm working helmets. on it. Yeah, so, yeah, no, so, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> uh, it's the same type of helmet as those, or the same uh, scale as those. Uh, so what had happened was I went to the mall today, and happened to stop by the uh, the Lego store. Um, I pointed at the Lego store and said, Hey, you know, I want to go in and, you know, take a look at the star Wars stuff, take a look at the price, realize I can't afford it and walk back out, um, <laughs> which is almost what I did. I walked in, looked at the star Wars stuff, looked at the $850 price tag for the millennium Falcon and the ATAT, and thought, yep, that is too expensive for me. Uh, but then I went over to look at the keychains. I've got a Chewbacca <laughs> Lego keychain, and uh, he's getting worn out. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll replace him if they've got a Chewbacca. They didn't. But as I was looking at those, uh, one of the salespeople walked up to me, and he saw my Captain Rex jacket. And he said, gosh, I really hope you're here on March 1st. And I said, what's, what's March 1st? And he said, we're getting the clone helmets in. Captain Rex. And yeah. Clone Commander Cody and the phase two clone troopers. I'm like, okay, but, but but rewind that. Captain Rex. You said Captain <laughs> Rex. So um I'm going back to the mall on March first. <laughs> <laughs> and and I will be purchasing Captain Rex. Um after you watch Mando's I, season three premiere. Yeah, maybe. Um <laughs> or while you're driving on your phone. <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens there um but yeah i am definitely going to get the captain rex um i will probably pick up the clone commander cody at some point um so that i can have them both side by side um but captain rex is the day one purchase for me um so just had to get that story out there uh heard about it today i'm like yep that is going in the new segment good times good times uh, yeah, and so, uh, Derek, you obviously already have some Lego Star Wars helmets. Um, are you going to pick up Clone Commander Cody and Captain Rex as well? Or you're more of an uh, original trilogy? I mean, they're cool. Dude? They're cool, but uh, no, unfortunately, I, I, I got to hold off on my Legos. I've got these I got to build. I've got the um, Dagobah training one. And I still got that big one I got from Christmas um, slash birthday, which is the whole Moss Eisley cantina set one that's like you know the 350 dollars one so that's like you know ten thousand pieces so i still need to build that one um i've been gradually uh i just pulled these off the shelves uh, this weekend i built two new shelving units i gotta buy two more so i could stick you know i've been sticking my cards on there i've been doing this stuff yep. i got way yep. too much junk um as a nerd like most of us do right so i gotta get my man cave set up so hopefully Part of my goal of 2023 is that we continue to have, you know, record our episodes and maybe we'll throw a few more of these up on YouTube. Everyone will be able to start seeing my office start, you know, looking more and more like my office slash man cave. Yeah, totally. And when I get the dome home finished being constructed, the game room is basically the entire second floor. Uh, almost the whole house. <laughs> yeah, right. The whole house. Yeah. No, it's almost the entire second floor. There will be a small guest bed bedroom and a small bathroom up there. Um, but it'll still but be decorated in Star Wars stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Star yeah. Wars bed sheets. Other than those two rooms. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna definitely. The toilet is actually up. shaped like the exhaust port. <laughs> yep, that or it's got it's got a. 
that or it's got a chewy Wookiee yep. hide, you know, type deal, the fuzzy carpet the back fuzzy, in the 70s, right? Totally. I, yeah. I was expecting uh, stormtroopers around the the toilet because oh, you know, they, they can't hit anything. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Anyway, so, um, yeah. So uh, I also will be decking it out as a huge man cave of epic geek proportions. So what Star Wars are you going to buy? Star Wars Legos. I, you got to buy some Star Wars I'm not going to buy these uh, helmets. I'm not big on the whole helmet thing, so I think, I think that's fine. I do still, however, packed up somewhere, have my Darth Vader's Castle on Mustafar Lego set that I got some years ago at Christmas. In Nathan's closet back there? <laughs> no, now that one's – this one's in a box at my in-law's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I ended up with that one. No, yeah. But I think I probably will at some point try to get one of the big, big Lego ships. I mean, maybe a second hand or a smaller Millennium Falcon or something like that. I'm not going to go for the $800 one. Yeah, I, I think the reason it's not stored at my house is he wanted to make sure he actually you know, got it he back. He built it. <laughs> yes. Although it is separated into some. It's not all broken down into every individual piece that it once was, but it is separated into like several large chunks so I could get it to fit in the box and make it flat. Yeah. Uh, but these look like great Lego sets. Um, if I had the penchant for displaying Legos, I would totally get these. I was watching a retro channel on YouTube the other day that talked about when it comes to collecting toys, most of the time you either are a Lego collector or you collect other kinds of toys. Hardly anybody has a huge amount of Legos and a huge amount of action figures and such because there's so much Lego. I mean, pick any IP that Lego <coughs> works with and they're just enough to choke several horses with it, you know. So I think that uh, I'm not as big of a Lego head as I would need to be in order to jump at buying these helmets. But I look forward to Nathan getting at least one of them and displaying it. Uh, yeah, Lee, I mean, let, you... let's be honest. I'm getting this one because it's the clones. Yeah, yeah. Lee, do you do much Lego stuff? Are you a Lego guy? Uh, no, I'm pretty much purely action figure. Um, for the amount that I'd spend on, like, an even a, a moderate Lego set, I can get several action figures. Uh, yes. Chips, all that sort of stuff. Or more swords um, in the back. Yeah, yeah uh, you're not even seeing, you know, the real stuff. Like, I've got, uh, I've probably got about 70 or 80 swords here in the man cave, uh, a.k.a. Echo Base, a.k.a. the Skanctuary. Um <laughs> The big unit. Yeah. But the, uh, but no, I, I realize with all of my collecting and everything, I need to keep it to certain things. So I'll do yes. the uh, lightsabers and whatnot because, um, I mean, I'm a fighter, so it makes sense to keep it with the swords. Uh, but I also do uh, just the three and three quarter. And I have the entire Kenner line. I have the entire 30th anniversary collection. I have every exclusive from uh, 95 to 2012. Uh if I started adding Legos to this, I wouldn't have any of the money I barely have now. Uh, yeah, totally, totally. But you could build the house out of the Legos. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, but then I would lose the, uh, you know, oh, man, I took it out of the package. That's that's my problem. I can't take anything out of the package anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm putting this helmet together, like, later that evening. Yeah, that's the one thing I can get away with Legos. Like I'm with you, Lee. Like on actual toys, keeping in the box. But Legos, I do that where I actually build it. Right. Like I'm not going to keep the Legos yeah. in a box. So that's why I get a I get a sprinkling of Legos just because it, I do then take them out of the box and play with them. That's well, why I like I mean, going to my comic book shop because like they've got the open action figures. It's like, oh, here's all these Attack of the Clone figures that I never took out of the box. I can play with them now. 
<laughs> and they're dirt cheap. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we'll, and they we'll won't all, fit in any of the vehicles. <laughs> we'll all get to see Nathan building his Lego Rex helmet during the live stream for Mando season three premiere, right? There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that's happening. By the way, everyone, I'm having a glass of uh, Spotchka. I mean, Scotchka. Scotchka. <laughs> and All right, Actually, cool. out of a glass that I stole from an Air France flight years and years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well, um, we also had some news this week about a new Star Wars show coming out. This one assuredly focused toward children. It is Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. So the release date has been announced, and it, it is May the 4th. So on Star Wars Day, on Disney+, Plus, Disney Junior, uh, and probably some other channels, um, they're going to launch a new cartoon. Very much the friendly kid-looking version of some younglings and their friend and his droid, and they're going to be trained by Master Yoda. So Yoda is in the show, along with several other characters, including what looks like a Star Wars Care Bear vampire Ewok thing named... He's an Ewok, I'm hoping. Nubs. He is a blue-ish fuzzy guy with real big ears who looks... Uh, yeah, he, he could be an Ewok. Very much so. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that he is an Ewok, and part of my rationale here is that he is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who we all know as the voice of the clones... Yeah. but who is actually more famous for, well, maybe not more famous, but uh, prior to voicing the clones was well known as a uh, creature voice actor. Um, he was the voice actor for uh, a couple of avatar, well, several avatar, the last airbender creatures, uh, including Appa and Momo. He was also Perry, the platypus on Vinny's and Ferb, uh, DOG on, yeah, uh, DOG on uh, Milo Murphy's law. Wasn't he Eagly the Eagle on um, yes. Peacemaker? Yeah. <laughs> the Eagly best the name eagle. for an, an well, animal it, ever. It, 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 it is a kid's show, so they're not going to have subtitles. But yes, you definitely will have a fun time doing a cute character. Well, you know it, what this would do is it would establish how um, 3PO had any way of understanding the Ewok dialect. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. Well, and in Star Wars... In Star Wars The Old Republic, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, you can get an Ewok companion. Yes, absolutely. So you know, there have been Ewoks who have left uh, the forest moon of Endor before. Did they hitch a ride with Wilfred Brimley? Probably. I mean, possibly. Okay. Yeah. They were out there selling oatmeal. Quaker yes. oatmeal. Quaker oats. <laughs> In my head, I'm now hearing Wilfred Brimley singing Yub Nub. <laughs> and it's just like yum nub, yum nub, like diabetes, yum nub, with the grumpy weight of that mustache holding him down. See, it's the mustache that makes him make it. <laughs> mustache. Yeah. So, so I expect nubs he to have be. A beard, though, too. Uh, I expect nubs to be a Chewbacca type character where um, you know, we never find out what he's saying, but one of the other characters always responds with. Oh, yes, it is a good idea for us to do this the, you know, <laughs> right, thing that you right. clearly just said, but I am repeating. Yeah. Well, the pictures here makes the one kid look like a young Star-Lord. So they're kind of cross. <laughs> I, I like, I, I think actually, you know, it's cool that they have the Jedi younglings and Yoda. 
Um, but I think my favorite character is the kid that looks like he's definitely going to be kid Han Solo. So like uh, Nash Durango. Come on, his name is Nash Durango. How yeah, is he? It's he's almost like Dash Rendar. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be like the, the the lovable scamp amongst their crew with his droid sidekick, who is so. RJ83. They should have him run into Ian as well. <laughs> that was the Han Solo Lego kid character, whatever. Yep. <laughs> yep. From so. Freemaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watched all those yeah. with my nephew. So. Well, I'm I just excited because. Noticed- Oh, go ahead, Scott. I just noticed the name of the droid, RG-83, Return of the Jedi 1983. RJ, yeah. Sorry, RJ-83, Return of the Jedi 83. I bet that is absolutely intentional. Oh, of course. Probably. And that's why it's an Ewok. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm excited because this is definitely the type of shows that Sophia watches. So yeah. between PJ Masks and Spidey and his amazing friends and all the other shows that are out there that have kind of this three or four character, you know, gang of kids. And then they go through all their life lessons and all that stuff. So this will definitely be something I'll watch with Sophia. So, you know what? Um, RJ83 could easily be the translator droid for nubs. Yeah. And that that would explain the uh, the Easter egg there. Like, oh, is, I don't. I don't think, I, I don't think he's going to have an issue talking though, because again, this is a kid show, so they're not going to. I mean, I, I. Oh no, they'll. They'll make it very obvious what he has said. So, even if he's not. Do you guys remember when they uh, pretended to have a Ewok Tie Fighter pilot in the Rogue Squadron games or in the Rogue Squadron novels? Vaguely, like they didn't. Uh, like they put like a a costume or like a little prosthetic over Piggy, so that like when they looked in the Tie Fighter, all they would see is a uh, is an Ewok flying everything, but it was really the Gamorrean, and like they were trying to hide. <laughs> but like <laughs> in my head, I'm like, okay, we've got to somehow get that reference in. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll see. They, they do like to throw those types of Easter eggs in there. So he might end up taking, well, it's not going to be a TIE fighter because obviously this is the high Republic. So that's, yeah. that's the one thing I don't, I don't like about this though, from the picture is that it's, you know, the high Republic takes place like 400 years before current events. And Yoda still looks like he's ancient old, but yet <laughs> in the comics of the high Republic, he's not that old. So I'm like, okay. Well, the High Republic era spanned millennia, so maybe yeah. um, this is like further toward the end of it. I guess, <laughs> and maybe, and he could be like on that Wilford Brimley cycle where, like, right. he was forty-six when he played the grandpa in Cocoon. Yeah, I'm turning forty-six this year. It's like the Wilford Brimley level. It's like that's when you look like a grandpa. So. Yep. Totally, maybe. Totally. All right. Well, we have Lee Fillingsness on this episode, master of all things martial arts and really good stunt guy. And so uh, we wanted to talk a little Star Wars movie stunts. And of course, the one that has the big uh, era of lightsaber fights is the prequel era. So there was a, uh, a interview that came out this week uh, over on comicbookmovie.com uh, that uh, in Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas's original plan for how the climactic lightsaber duel between obi-wan and anakin was going to be resolved was a whole different thing uh so there was an interview uh with star wars theory where 
prequel trilogy stunt coordinator and Lee's favorite guy ever, Nick Gillard, uh, revealed that both Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen pushed back against George Lucas when he was debating the whole high ground route. Um, so, uh, yeah, Derek, uh, you had no noticed this on your Star Wars radar. Um, give us the, the rundown here. What what was going to be different? What might have been? So here, here's what Nick Gillard says. So there was a version, that whole volcano thing where they land on that droid wasn't there, he recalls. Originally, they swung and landed. They swung off that great big boat and they landed on the side of the volcano, on the lava right next to each other. And straight away, Anakin just grabbed him by the... He disarmed him. Like, this makes no sense with his articles written, but... And grabbed him by the throat. He's got him, and Obi Saber is down on the ground, and Anakin says, I'm sorry, it has to be this way, my master. And he actually lets the lightsaber go. Obi hunches to get away from it, sucks his saber up, and as he pulls his saber up, he cuts through Anakin's arms, almost by mistake, and then chops through his legs, almost by mistake, and the whole body fell off of his legs. And it was more of a defense-gone-wrong kind of move. It was... Well, he says strong, but maybe it was supposed to be. It was strange. I don't know. But anyways, it sounds like crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the article says the exact opposite, that it sounds like a fantastic ending to their clash. Ah, that's what the article says. That's what the article says. Uh, it would yeah. definitely given the way things ended between Obi and Vader, a very different thing. But I, to me, it just sounds horrible. Um, and that's why that's why when they originally talked about that, nobody wanted from the the crew said that sounds terrible. We need to change it, and so that's why they changed it to the high ground, including Ewan McGregor. He was very prominent about not doing that original ending. Yeah, and and Christensen as well. He was just like, uh, I don't know. So uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Um, Lee, what are your thoughts as a swordsman uh, about this whole idea? Uh, well, I don't like the high ground thing. It was stupid. I mean. Uh, Darth Maul had the high ground. Obviously, it's not an insurmountable thing. Um, well, now Obi Wan is the master of the high ground, even when his opponent has it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, but uh, <laughs> that series of moves, intentionally rather than accidentally, or with will of the force, would have been great. Okay. Um, I, I actually. The idea, you know, and I'm remembering, you know, reading uh, the original Alan Dean Foster novel where they talk about, you know, Obi-Wan leaving um, Anakin by the uh, the side of a volcano. That sounds better than uh, than what we got, um, you know, if it was, you know, if it was intentional, uh, because we see him intentionally removing arms all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. That's kind of a thing with him. Um you know, and he keeps trophies because he's a serial killer. I've been on record. I believe that Obi-Wan is actually the bad guy. We've just all been fooled. Um, <laughs> from a certain point of view. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a liar. Uh, well, I just, I'm just saying that, 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 that's, that's Obi-Wan's model, right? So oh, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. That he could yeah. be the bad guy. Just yeah. like Jar Jar's the, the Sith Lord. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's uh, I think it would have been um, an interesting way to go. And I honestly think that they went that way in the training duel in Obi-Wan because uh, that's kind of how it ends, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with it, you know, Obi-Wan being disarmed and then getting the weapon back and, you know, being like, I still got you, bud. I think that's a, a good ending to that fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this would have definitely been interesting and it would have leaned even more into... Uh, as far as the dark side warrior goes, Vader assuming that he's got it 
and his overconfidence is his weakness here because Obi-Wan in this description of the alternate fight, you know, gets his lightsaber back and chops off Anakin's arms and legs, um, you know, not necessarily on purpose, but also somewhat nonchalantly. Uh, it's like he wasn't even intending to render you completely maimed, but he did because Vader, uh, yeah, well, at this point, Vader, yes, but Anakin in this story here has him, you know, with both of his hands on his throat instead of with his lightsaber. So he like gets rid of all the weapons that he had and puts himself into a vulnerable situation because he's too busy being all, I'm going to not only beat you, but I'm going to take a minute to tell you why you were wrong in the first place, you know? So over one a... wrong of being a bad guy. Never give away your plans. That's right. Yep. <laughs> you caught me monologuing. Yep. And that's the, what's uh... happening here. Vader's all like, it had to be this way, Master. Let me tell you why you suck. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan's all like, oh, 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 sorry about the, oh, my bad. It's like he forgot, like, oh, he can use the force to grab that weapon that he dropped. Uh -huh. It's like, it's not out of the thing. Uh, I will say I do like the idea of him doing the, the chokehold thing again, because that's one of the first things we saw Vader do, yep. you know? And there's that meme. It's like, how pissed off was Vader that he physically lifted this guy and choked him instead of just thinking about it? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a, that guy's angry. <laughs> Look, yep. weak leaders put people down. Strong leaders pick people yep. up. <laughs> yeah. Captain Antilles, unsung hero, man. That guy, he, he paid the ultimate price, but he, you know, he saved the galaxy. Well, but the thing you didn't catch, though, is that apparently that guy was employee of the month. So Vader <laughs> was just giving his reward to him. <laughs> I'm giving you a he raise. He came all the way from the Death Star <laughs> down to Tantive Four to give him his prize. Uh, by the way, uh, the the choke lift is one of my signature moves as a uh, a fight monkey. And uh, generally when people do them, it's a, it's a common wrestling hold. You uh, kind of put your hands, pretend around their neck, and you flex like this, and they like act ah, but they grab your forearms and lift yep. up. Um, because I am a giant monkey, um, I can do it one-handed, and uh, so I have a lot of fun with that. And it's it's how you set your shoulder blades into your ribs. It's how you kind of lean your body, but just going like that. Uh, there was a another guy um, who I won't name because you know uh, he's a good dude for the most part. Uh, didn't think it was possible. Uh, he's like, yeah, you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I can. I've I've got film on it. Well, you were doing wires. No. And he before I got on the scene, he was the big guy. And I got him by about six inches and 40 pounds. So I suddenly started getting all the, the big guy stuff. So we're, uh, we're working this event. You know, we're playing thugs in this weird, uh, you know, internet thing like people show up and you pretend that you're in a gangster world and we're at this place and there's a reason like we'll lift that one-handed and i just grab it and i'm like i don't even know if i could do this and i'm like i'm like oh okay it's not that hard and he's like let me see that and he goes and to physically uh show up a professional wrestler is is one of those things that you don't get to do very often in life. And I'm not naming him because, like I said, he's a friend and I don't want to embarrass him publicly. But it was just one of those, like, yeah, I got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. The choke slam reigns supreme. All right. Well, it is time for Derek's favorite part of the show, and that is what Star Wars t-shirts are we wearing this week? Uh, Lee, as our guest, 
I will let you go first. What do you got? I went epic today. I went with Han Bolo, and that's Bolo Young from uh, <laughs> uh, from many martial arts movies, but specifically his character in uh, Bloodsport. And yes. I saw this, and I'm like, this is the most important shirt I will ever wear. Um, and I've been meaning to wear this on the thing, but it's also one of my favorite gym shirts because I wear it at the gym, and I get high fives from all the meathead nerds. And it's right, great. right. But Bloodsport I'm... is an awesome movie. Exactly. And uh brick no hit back uh but i'm also wearing it because i got a a fun project that was finished uh i have my oh. empire strikes back version my favorite version of the dl44 um i a friend of mine named andrew um gave me the the base pistol my friend john uh bickford ended up uh uh 3d printing all of the accoutrement and then uh, my friend Holly ended up doing all the paint work to make this real. And I tell you, this is the one that was in the Empire Strikes Back storybook that I had when I was a kid. It's still sitting yeah. over on my shelf there. Um, this is just, as soon as I picked this up, knowing I, I held all the pieces individually, I know that this is just a, a nice metal airsoft gun, but having this in my hand for the first time, not the the greedo killer not you know like all the the toy ones but something like this just felt really good and i wanted to yeah. share it with some nerds that would appreciate it that is epic man well done well done so you're gonna go paintballing later with it uh no i'm just gonna shoot somebody from under the table there you go <laughs> <laughs> or i'm just gonna go meet my girlfriend's dad and shoot him five times in the hand yeah they'll just block it off <laughs> That'd be great if it was a squirt gun. Yes, that would be good. Or sand gun. You could yeah. be like, ah, oh, I hate sand. You got me. I hate sand. Yeah. Oh, it's of in the suit. It gets oh. in your boots. Sand, sweat, and leather. That's got to chafe. Uh, good times. All right. Well, I am wearing my Star Wars Thrawn shirt because I'm. I'm. We're all looking forward to Mandalorian season three, and I kind of think the big blue guy might make a cameo. Uh, as we're looking for corporate synergy to promote the Ahsoka series, which is coming soon. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I'm digging it. I love the new version of Thrawn from our friend Timothy Zahn. Uh, it's just a great series of books all around. And uh, I got to get on to reading the, the next few in that series where we have the flashback to he meets Anakin and all that cool stuff. Um, good times, good times. Uh, Nathan, what, uh, what Star Wars t-shirt have you got on? Well, eagle-eyed viewers may have seen my uh, Grogu Wanted poster, which is a puzzle that I put together and put Maj Baj on and framed. Uh, love that. They may also remember that I used to have a Grogu painting <coughs> over here that I had painted myself, but it's not there because it fell off the wall. No, so baby Yoda! In memorandum or something, I am wearing... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing my. You didn't get the memoriam. <laughs> my Grogu four count T-shirt. Uh, now, granted, that painting is just fine. It only you know fell off the wall. Um, good, good. I just haven't gotten it repaired and put back up, or haven't gotten the wall repaired and the painting put back up. So it will come back. Uh, just not. Yet, I, I gotta figure out exactly how Hopefully to do that. Hopefully, before season three premieres, though. Hopefully, so. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
All right. Uh, always love the Grogu action. Derek, what have you got on this week? So I had a Star Wars shirt on, but, you know, it's Super Bowl, and so it I had Super to Bowl. wear this one. Uh, and it is the it, oh, superb it's the superb owl. owl. <laughs> so, which again, I can always go back. This, this isn't the particular episode, but the series itself, what we do in the shadows, did have Uncle Luke and Mark Hamill on it. So I can yes. semi wear this mm-hmm. once in a while. That sort or Jackie connected. Daytona, yes. you know, when yeah. I wear that shirt as well. So, but it is Super Bowl, so it's like the the, the one time I can you know truly wear the superb owl party on the day that it's happening. So, outstanding, excellent choice. And speaking of excellent choices, if you guys want to make some excellent choices about Fandom Podcast Network merchandise, Apple Pod Bean cover. No, what am I saying? Yes, iPhone covers, iPad cases, a mouse pad, maybe a coffee mug, or a what a piece of junk T-shirt. Please check out our yes. There's a what a piece of junk coffee mug. Good times. Check out the merchandise store. Makes a great pen holder too. T I still want a what a piece of shirt shirt. What a piece of shirt. shirt. <laughs> uh, I can't go on. Anyway, uh, so yes, please go to tpublic.com and check us out under Fandom Podcast Network. Uh, Derek, let people know where they can find the show out there on the interwebs, please. So you go to the interwebs, you log in, Google us, or you could go to any podcast platform, preferably fpnet at podbean.com. That's the masterpiece. We always like to support the Podbean app because that's where the OG stuff is from Fandom Podcast Network, all the good stuff, right? But obviously Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, you can find us there. Download our latest episodes when we release them, or you can join the Facebook group because when the stuff drops, we post that links up there so you can get ready and just stream it right off the bat there. You can also email us, which Scott runs at whatapieceofjunkpod at gmail.com, as well as the Twitter at whatwars, and then the Instagram feed, uh, which Kyle runs, is the Fandom Podcast Network. And then, you know, we talk about reviews all the time, but Nathan, let the viewers know and those junkie, you know, space junkies know why reviews are so important. Well, we'd really like to get the word out about the podcast and leaving a review can, well, it can do a few things. One, it can let other people know where to find us. And and that's a great thing. It can also let us know what's working for you with the show and what's not working so that we can make adjustments and give you the content that you want to hear. Also, uh, I think I hear a clone assassin who has threatened to shoot us if we don't get enough reviews. So please... Thank you. Indubitably. Well, we want to thank Lee for joining us on this episode. Um, Lee, uh, where else can people hear you on the Fandom Podcast Network? You, you're you're around doing stuff. Yeah, you can catch me and Kevin over on uh, Blood of Kings. Um, I'm doing uh, the uh, uh, special episode uh, for Valentine's Day of Deadpool. Uh, we're recording that tomorrow uh, because. Um, there, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day on Tuesday, so we're going to air it on Tuesday. We're recording it tomorrow because, uh, like I say, or like Stephen Wright said, uh, I don't have a girlfriend, but I know a girl who'd be really mad if she heard me say that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got responsibilities on Valentine's Day. Indeed, uh, some of us all also have responsibilities on Valentine's Day. I'm and going to see Journey and Toto. Nice. That's an excellent Valentine's Day date. I'm taking Mita out to eat seafood at Bonefish Grill in Charlotte. Um, I love bonefish. Nice. 
Actually, the whole reason I was at the mall earlier today is because Andrea and I went and took a cooking class for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, made cinnamon rolls, heart-shaped cinnamon rolls, and uh, pull-apart raspberry uh, bread twists. I'm hungry just listening to that description. You should be. They were delicious. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, until next time, everybody, we want to thank you for joining us on this episode. And please let us know what we can do to improve the show, what you liked, what you didn't like in between shows. Uh, But otherwise, Nathan, punch it.